Golden Mile took the lead from Agenia sticking on. Likewise, Nugget, Waterford, the inevitable coming down the outside, but Golden Mile's got a good kick. The inevitable flashing home on the outside. Golden Mile in front wins the Theo Marks. Down now, Mr. Brightside Williams hasn't moved. Alligator Blood joined by Mr. Brightside who lets rip at the 150. Mr. Brightside three quarters a length. Alligator Blood and comes clear. Mr. Brightside a mile marble. What a performance. Zaki races, two lengths clear. Think it over. Now he gets off heels. It's Zaki a length in front. Think it over's coming. Zaki in front. Think it over. They lifted by Nash. Yes, got up. Here's Amelia's Jewel about to let down hands and heels. Amelia's Jewel up to life lessons. Who fights? Amelia's Jewel a neck, a heart life lessons. And the 200 over pass to the leader. Wait, Private Eye. He's still coming the outside. Over pass from Private Eye. One is not just late on the scene. Private Eye going to overpass. Bottom of the head's the eye. Private Eye. And so he's got there. Star Patrol, 150 metres to go. King of Sparta is finishing hard. Star Patrol, King of Sparta is trying to mow it down with Benedetta. Still Star Patrol, 50 metres to go. King of Sparta is going to have a crack late with Benedetta. Photo finish, Star Patrol. G'day legends and welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. I'm Nick, obviously joined by Jacko. We're over the Zoom again. Life's just getting in the way at the moment, but what we do is we get it done for the viewers. It's what we do. We get it done. Simple. Simple as, mate. Simple as. We we move shit around. The missus has got to wait. I've got dinner there cooked, ready to go, mate. But you know what? It all comes second to the Second Again Podcast, mate. We always get it out for the punters, don't we? Absolutely. Look, it's it's been really sort of bipolar weather this week i gotta say and i'll be interested to see what you think will happen with the track ratings in both melbourne and sydney we had heaps of heat over the weekend and then obviously start of the week was really warm then we've had rain yesterday and today it's been quite cool like are we looking at sort of soft ranges who knows i don't know where we're sort of heading with that yeah, yeah, we'll get into it, but both tracks um, in Melbourne and Sydney have posted a soft range at the moment, soft six and soft five, and just as I'm talking to you now, there's a bit of drizzle coming down, so uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll see how the tracks dry out over the weekend, but both premium tracks, so I'm sure we'll get some fair racing in. Now, let's review the weekend really quickly. So there were two absolute superstars that came to the floor at the Valley on Friday night last week. We obviously had... Amelia's Jewel and Imperatrice, they were both very, very backed, very well-backed commodities. Um, I don't think there was a man in the country that wasn't on one of these two. Amelia's Jewel probably had to do it a little bit tougher than she thought she would. Obviously, Pride of Jenny put up a pretty good fight out in front, but they gapped the rest of them. Um, it wasn't a bad little trial leading into a potential Cox Plate campaign, but what did you make of the run? Did you think it was better than what most people would think? I think it was a superb trial. I know the margin in the end wasn't what people were expecting. They were expecting her to sit midfield, maybe four or five pairs further back than she actually was and just whip past them. But if you look at the race visually, first of all, Pride of Jenny set an absolutely blistering tempo and Amelia's jaw was sitting right on top of that or just off that. Damien Lane never pulled the persuader at any stage. Going up the straight, just cruised around Pride of Jenny and always knew that he had that horse covered and never really asked for the ultimate effort. So... Me looking back at that race, I'm thinking she's just going through the gears. I think that's an ominous warning sign to the rest of the competition. And I know we're going to see one on the weekend that's probably headed towards the Cox Plate. 
which I'm really keen to see these horses match up. I think she needs to be respected, and the market's already doing this, but I think she needs to be respected as at least the top two chance in the Cox Plate off that. I think it's fair. I think the dollar forty was warranted. There was probably two and a half seconds moment of worry where I thought Pride of mm. Jenny might actually have her here just due to the way that the pattern of that track and the way the race was run. But she's just too good. She's just genuine class. And I have to say, Ned, as well, on Pride of Jenny, that's a horse that you tipped and had an opinion of going into the race and thought that she would be hard to beat outside of the favourite. So well done to you, mate. And if any of the boys went on uh, or girls that listened to the podcast for the Quinella, well done. Absolutely. And and then look, half an hour later, we saw something pretty special again. This horse has got a serious turn of foot um, over a very short period of time. It doesn't take much to get this horse going. And I think you really know a good sprinter when they can do it at the Valley, when they can come off yeah. that turn and still be really explosive. And this horse is just fantastic. And before I get you to comment on Imperatrice, it'd be absolutely remiss to not talk about the runner-up as well because this horse was very good also. We said any other field without Imperatrice in it, this horse just wins this race. Unfortunately, yep. bumped into a better one. For sure. And, you know, but at the end of that, Ned, from a punting perspective, there's a $5.56 Quinella off the back of that. And that's something we made sure the punters didn't miss on the Friday night. And we got the chocolates in the end, didn't we? But touching on the winner... There's absolutely no excuses for anything in behind. Doesn't matter what speed they're going at up front. Opie Boston obviously come up this time to take the ride, whereas Mick D was on beforehand and probably got the favours of Giga Kick taking off early. It didn't happen this time and Opie just had to wait his turn and just the same thing, just come around them, but sort of build momentum yourself. And nothing necessarily took him into the race, but she was just much too good anyway. I know off the back of that, they've sort of said they're going to keep her in Melbourne. And I know we're going to touch on the Everest in a bit, but Surely you're looking at $20 million off those first up and second up runs and just going, let's just go and grab it. Let's go and take it. Because purely on figures, she's got the posted already twice, the best figures out of any horses in the moment. So if I'm there at ownership or trainers or jockeys, I'm banging on the door. So give me that last slot. I can't understand the thinking, to be honest. I think after the first up run, I was a bit like, yeah, okay. They just want to continue to get the kills down in Melbourne while all the big dogs are up in Sydney. but. Now that she's sort of come out and proven she is actually the big dog, why don't you go up there? Even if you run third, it's better than running two seconds down here or two firsts down here. Like, just yeah. have a crack. So it's frustrating. It's interesting. Maybe they're waiting for one big play from Yulong or something like that. Maybe something's to come there. But we'll get to that a little bit later on, which is cool. Mm. I think we should talk about a couple of races in Sydney. So obviously, we had the three group ones for the day. Um, we had... Tropical Squall won the mm. one for the Phillies. Flight. Sorry, yep. the flight. Yes, the one for the Phillies. Um, look, really good effort. Obviously led from go to woe, as Gay and Adrian horses usually do, around that $9 mark as well. It's, you just feel like it's just a broken record sometimes with these horses. They This horse was, has, has had like five or six starts for its whole career, not even, maybe four. Yeah. And just too fit, too strong, goes and wins a group one. It's very simple. When you leave a Waterhouse and Bot Runner to its own devices up in front, you don't pressure it or take it on in any way, shape or form. They're just going to win. They're just extremely hard to get past. It doesn't matter what distance range you're at. This is a horse that was around the mark for those top two in the market for Tis Invincible and Kamachi. 
And they still kept it hard in the market, even though it was beaten comprehensively, just based on pattern. And we saw that unfold on the weekend and all honours. Obviously, a great front-running ride as well, which must be said. And Kamachi our the tip um, was $6 or six fifty in the end. They kept him nice and safe as well. Bit of a blackout result for me because I was heavy on board and I wish she would have, uh, you know, or she would have gone a bit closer than she did in the end. But it's just that Waterhouse spot toughness in the end that just always kicks in. 100%. And look, the racing didn't get any worse, that's for sure. The next race was probably the highlight of the day for me. And um, we had Think About It and a couple of horses running around in a real Everest sort of prelude. Um, think About It, he doesn't do anything extraordinary, but he just does absolutely everything right and just seems to find a way to be have his nose in front at the end of the day. And look, $2, there were no favours with the prices, but you still never thought that he'd get beat. Even when Hawaii 5 yeah. went up beside him, you still had full confidence in the horse and Sam Clipperton. But um, what did you make of the run leading into an Everest? I definitely think they left him a little bit underdone. I know there's more in the tank than what we saw on the weekend. Um, it was obviously a great ride by Clipperton not to panic when he was on the fence there. And he's obviously going in with a ton of confidence as a rider as well, which should be noted. So I think he's still rock hard in the market and deserves to be pretty close to favourite come next week off the back of that because I'm absolutely certain that he was 80, 85% at best on the weekend and horses that had the race fitness on their side still could have beat him. But, you know, obviously Hawaii 5 who was a big run and given a gun ride by Nash, has got a slot off the back of that as well. I think deservedly so as well. Like loomed up outside of a horse that's four or five dollars in an Everest. I think it'd be rude almost to not pick the horse. Um, big all of a thing. I think he's going to be a star for a couple of years to come to Hawaii Five O. I think he's still trying to figure out which leg goes in front of the other. So, um, and obviously with that team that we spoke about before, Gay and Adrian. So where's it going to get to? Yeah. Who knows? Last two races we're going to cover. They were both Group Ones. We obviously had the. $25 the field Epsom where Redina for Waller again broken record $10 lightweight yeah. Epsom I don't think we need to say too much more um it was a messy yeah. race betting wise it was a messy race to watch and it was a messy result for me and well done Kathy O'Hara as well like obviously she gave it a gun ride and the riding was on the wall for this horse. If you go back and look at the form, it's it's got the scalp of yellow brick up in Queensland and then obviously beat a handy field coming down in Sydney a couple of starts later. So it's not to say that this came out of nowhere and they definitely kept it safe in the market. I think it was 15, 16s in the end. So like you say, Ned, it's the Waller. He obviously got Quinella in the end in another feature race. So it's just like clockwork for him. Absolutely the best in Sydney and has been for a long, long time. So deserve a group one win. Well done to them. My tip in, and my bet in the race, Ned, I, I want to specify my bet was Hope in Your Heart, which uh, unfortunately Craig Williams, I've only watched the race once and that's all I needed to watch, Ned, to know that that was an absolute murder. There was a homicide committed on Saturday. So <laughs> hopefully, Willow, you can get us back on side, mate, because I think it's going to take a bit of time. And uh, yeah, I've just been popping the Panadolts since then. That'll be enough for the Epsom, I think. Um, yep, congratulations to Kathy. Uh, <laughs> the Metrop is probably the last one we need to cover. Now, this horse gave me an absolute heart attack. It was my third leg of the multi. Obviously, Amelia's jewel imperatrice into this. This was my sort of big one for the weekend. Had to wait all the way till race nine after the grand final as well. So the nerves were flaring. Um, just did enough, just fine. I think you could put it that way. Spirit Ridge at 980, the place or something nearly pinched the Metrop. 
just fine was not convincing with 50 kilos, but got the job done and that's all you can really ask. Definitely, but they did space the rest of the field, which must be said. So there's always that factor that came into play as well. And Spirit Ridge, obviously coming out of one of the gun camps in Australia at the moment in Nation, um, was just prepared to the minute and was an absolute peak performance from that horse to even get close to just fine in the end. Obviously the 50 kilos told and just that waterhouse toughness, we always talk about it, just kicks in. It doesn't matter what trip you're at. If you let them sit anywhere near the speed without much pressure, they're going to be hard to get past. And we saw that unfold. So, you know, deserve a group one again for them. And that stable is absolutely flying at the moment. Now we've got a fair bit to get through in terms of racing for this weekend, um, for tomorrow in particular. Um, but I think it, it's an important time of year with about seven or eight days leading into the Everest. We've now got 11 of our horses nominated with only one slot remaining. I think it'd be a good time for us just to go through the field, maybe what's happened in the last month or so in terms of how these slots have come about and what we think might be filling that final spot for Yulong Investments. So let's go through the market. So I wish I win is top of the market. He's $4.00. Um, you often find in this race that $4 does tend to be that favourite sort of price, 4 $5. I wish I win. He's going to be basically coming in freshened, six-week freshen up. Basically, for, was it 1400 now back to 1200 Is that the trip? They channel? started in, yeah, 1400 behind Mr. Brightside. I think it was the Memsey first up, who's obviously come out and franked the form. So straight back to 1200 break between runs. Now, the agencies have kept Imperatries as second line of betting um, $4.40, obviously hasn't got a slot yet. But you can see that this is the price the horse would probably be in the race. Um, Obviously, two massive wins have, that it's strung together now. I still think they should be thinking about a slot. Think about it, is there $4.50? Private Eyes, 6 bucks. When else not, Chase is 8 Cylinder, $11. Hawaii 5 is 13 Espiona has now received a slot as well. She's 15 bucks In Secrets there for Godolphin, $15 with Overpass as well. Shinzu and Mazu, they sort of share that $20 mark. And then we have a slot remaining. But what do you mm. actually make of this field at the moment? Because I'll tell you one thing, I can find one leader and one leader only. It's a great point, and that's obviously overpass for Bjorn Baker. And a great point you make, Ned, is what sort of speed are we going to get? And will it make sense for that last spot to be filled by an on-pace runner? That's sort of the question we're asking ourselves at the moment. But it does; it is going to take a horse this weekend, specifically tomorrow, to step up and show themselves and then be able to come on the quick backup. In terms of the field and the tip itself, it's obviously dependent on a number of things, um, You know, specifically the weather. I've just got the forecast out in front of me at the moment and it does look like it's going to be fair and dry um, over the next week. So I'm expecting a good track and a nice fresh deck for round week come next Saturday. I would have been all over. I wish I win. If you're asking me for your tip at the moment, if, had it been a soft five, soft six or better, but I think I need to go back to the drawing board if we're going to come to a rock hard, good four or good three on Saturday. It's interesting. I, I just want to make some comments for our listeners. So Buenos Noches, trialed like an absolute bomb the other day one of the quietest trials you've ever seen that was behind overpass mazu and maybe in secret i can't remember the third horse but he sort of just sat in behind they let him balance up with a couple of hundred to go i think this this horse is really smart i'm, I'm a massive fan and i know you are as well um there's been some money too this week so this horse is 15 dollars into eight dollars just this week 
So there's a fair bit going on about this thing. The only thing I would say as a knock is just that racing pattern. Like he's going to be back in the field as well. There's absolutely no speed on. Do you need to be closer? Like is think about it, the one that's going to be sort of one out, one back, potentially a tiny bit further maybe. Mm. I think yeah. th- there's, there's bound to be pressure without actually having horses that have that racing pattern though, isn't there? In a race that's worth 20 million, like there has to be pressure. There has to be pressure, but to your previous point, because there's no natural leaders, that maybe gives uh, Bonus not just the opportunity to settle a bit closer. And I don't know if Dylan Gibbons has been booked already. I, I'm sure there's there's been something that I've missed, but I'm sure that he can settle a bit closer, being that a lot of the other runners just don't have any natural speed. So if you've got intent over the first 200 and you leave well enough, and a gate's obviously a big factor, you don't need to be last. You may be sixth, seventh in running and not be too far away. Now, devil's advocate time, but you can't pick Imperatrice as your final slot. You can't throw the you can't throw the pen in the air. At that. Okay, fair enough. Fair We'd enough. We both pick her, wouldn't we? Wouldn't every person on the planet? I think that the the owners are the only people on the planet that wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. So okay, you you want to you want to play devil's ad, advocate and say who's going to be the last slot. I'll, I'll go. go. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, okay, you, you go first. I, I have got one in the back of my mind, but you go. I think Bella Nipotina is the most deserving. But in terms of how the race is going to shape and be, I don't think I want her <laughs> just as a spectator yep. and a fan. I think I am me is the one. Okay. Now, a bit left field, a little bit left field. I think it's $51 at the moment or $34 around that mark. Can inject some speed. Has a little bit of different form lines as well. I and me would be my choice, but I think Bella Nipotine is the most deserving to be in this field. I hear you. I hear you. It's a good point. I think the reason why a couple of those horses won't be picked is that they're not going around on Saturday. And I feel like if they were going to make the field, they would have already copped the slot. What I think is happening at the moment is you've got this last slot being Yulong Investments sitting back and going, okay, these horses that are going stepping out on the weekend over the sprint trips impress us and find that last slot. And I think back to last year with uh, Private Eye, who ran in the same race as a horse that I'm going to mention and won the race comprehensively first up last time and then got the slot from James, uh, was going to get the slot from James Heron. I can't remember who got it in the end, but obviously then ran second in the Everest. So there's still chances for horses to do something here. I'm going Star Patrol, mate. I think it's going to be him. He's... Obviously, a horse with a lot of talent and maybe hasn't put it all together just yet. But he's going around in that Gill guy this weekend in the ninth, which is the same race that uh, Private I won last year to get that slot. And if he wins that in the way that I think he will, I'm pretty sure he's going to get that last slot. And he's going to be competitive, especially if we're on a dry deck. So he'd be my tip for that last one. I'll tell you something unbelievable, and you might not believe me, but the agency that I'm currently looking on, which I won't mention, doesn't have him in the market. Mm. So Interesting. He's 201 plus. So maybe if you can find a price somewhere, maybe it's something you have a little play on before Saturday unfolds. Yeah, I think that's massively over the odds. Let's um let's get started. It's been a brilliant introduction to the episode. I've really enjoyed it so far. Um now, Flemington and Rose, and Rose Hill are the two meetings that we're going to cover for the weekend. Obviously, at Flemington, we've got the Turnbull Stakes, which is their big sort of feature down there that 
our good mate Winks won a couple of times. And then in Sydney, it's sort of Hill Stakes and Brown Stakes, Alan Brown Stakes Day, um, which don't sound like much, but gee whiz, they're worth more than your house. I'll tell you that for free. Um, <laughs> now we're going to do races five to nine at both. I'm going to kick it off in Melbourne at Flemington. And before I do so, before I do so, I want to get one thing right this week. Jackson, talk to me about that nine meter thing. Yeah, very interesting, mate. We spoke about this before we came on the Zoom today, but they've got the rail out very far again at Flemington. A couple of Sundays back, it was out 14 metres. I thought, okay, for sure they're going to drop it back into the true for a group one meeting. But unfortunately, I've left it out at the nine metres. I say unfortunately, it may present opportunity on the weekend. But as of Friday night, as I'm talking to you, Ned, I'm a bit disappointed. I was hoping for at least, you know, maybe two or three, four off the fence, but maybe not nine, because it does create a lot of variables. But let's see how it plays out. More often than not, Flemington, all horses get their chance. In terms of the track itself, it's a soft six they've posted at the moment. Not much rain tipped for tonight and tomorrow. So potentially an upgrade to soft five, but I'm looking for horses to get their toe in on Saturday. Fantastic, mate. Look, we're going to kick it off in the Dane Hill race five. Um, it's over 1,100 metres. And we've got our I'm Unstoppable is $3.20 favourite. Archo Nacho is $3.90. Stretton Angel is $5. Tadinsky Abstract is $8 with Libertad. Don Corleone is $13. Cigar Flick $16. Honor Galore is $21. And Treasure Way is $200 to 1. Honor Galore goes forward with Libertad looking to bounce back coming down from Sydney as well. Also to go forward. Cigar Flick, I think, can show a bit of speed. And Archo Nacho can also be thereabouts. I think the horse that I'm going to be with on Saturday, Ned, is I Am Unstoppable. I think he's the best horse in this race talent-wise. I also think he should have finished a lot closer to the winner, Archo Nacho, last time up the straight. He was just disappointed for that run when he tried to go to the inside part where the winner was and just got checked for that run. Didn't lose too much momentum, but I actually think that that inside was the better part of the track that day. And it probably assisted that winner at least a length in that in that process. And once he got out, I'm, I'm unstoppable. He finished off very hard. And I think simply put, he's got the best 600 metres uh, dash of anything in this field. And first up, I look at his first up run at Caulfield over 1,100 behind Cylinder, who's now got the slot in the Everest, obviously. Came home with the best last 600 of the meeting uh, behind that horse. So I think the only real danger for him is the rail being at nine, because I'm just not sure if that inside is going to be the best part of the track. But race five, it should still be playing even. He doesn't mind getting his toe in. I think he's the winner in this field at 320. Big respect for the horse. I, I definitely have it in my top two. I'm going to have something on Libertad as well. I think this price is a bit of an overreaction. Um, obviously, ran around a $3 chance in that run of the Rose. Was a little bit disappointing considering the price. But when you actually have a look at it as a whole, the horse has had four starts for three wins. It's only minor failure was two lengths in a run to the Rose behind horses like Cylinder and Moravia, which you mentioned before. And now we're getting $9. So I just think it's an interesting sort of price change. When you look at that SP profile, it just appears to be a horse that I think we can make some money out of, maybe even uh, on like an each way sort of basis in this race as well. So going to have something there. And Cigar Flick, how can we not mention when we're getting $16 again? Obviously, Waller has scratched this horse 97,000 times this preparation. <laughs> Is the horse looking for a wet deck? Is that what they're looking for? Because if so, with a little bit of sting out of the ground, probably going to get a five on the weekend. 
Yeah, I think five at best. And you touched on this horse, obviously enjoying that sting out of the ground. She broke her maiden on a heavy deck at Canterbury, which not many horses will do, break the, breaking that maiden in the fashion that she did. And I think you're right. I think Waller's just been scratching her, trying to get away from those firm decks, thinking it, it's just not going to be her go as well. And just going back to your other tip, Ned uh, Libertad, Chad Schofield, who is a Sydney-based rider, has come across to take this ride. And I'm certain that this is the ride that he's come across for. So um, good relationship with that horse and definitely can hit back. Race six, it's the Rose of Kingston Stakes. It's over 1,400 metres. And we've got a short one here, Princess Grace. She's $1.60. Life Lessons is $6.50. Skew If is $7.50. Then a pretty big gap. Wrote to Ataki is $21. Startons is 21s as well. Waltz on buys there at $23. Dazzling Lucy is 26 to 1, and there's a couple others there as well. Starlight scope to go forward from towards the outside with Waltz on by. I think that means Skew Whiff, who has settled close in her last two starts, can actually follow those two across and maybe sit third or fourth in running, or worst case, one pair further back. Just hoping she isn't caught wide, and I'll touch on her a bit more. Princess Grace just continues to draw good barriers and probably gets run of the race as well with J Mac booked. Jar Jar Chaboogie. And Climbing Star are the other two that'll be not too far away. I'll quickly touch on Princess Grace, Ned. I'm sure you'll expand a bit further. I just think she's a bit skinny at the quote at the moment. And I touched on before, I just feel like the runs that she's getting in transit are making her look a lot better than she actually is. I'm not knocking the camp or the jockey, obviously. And I think that's why we're getting the price at, at the end of the day, because she's coming out of those real sexy form lines. She's got the sexy colours with the best trainer and best jockey. So I understand the price. I just can't back it. The horse that I am backing, Ned, is the New Zealand mare, the top weight, Skew Whiff. She's got Opie Boston that's hung around to take this ride, and there's no Imperatories this weekend, so he quite easily could have gone back to New Zealand, taken his usual four or five wins, and then come back for Imperatories next time she starts. But he's hung up here to ride this horse specifically. She's won a Group 1 over this trip last time out in New Zealand, Nelson, and I'll just rattle off a few, uh, Ned, I should say, and I'll just rattle off a few of hang the... On, um, hang on, Did you just call me Nelson? <laughs> there's a story behind that. The guy I work with closely at work, his name is Nelson. And I'll, I'll say his name probably 600 times a day. And I've probably said it 600 times before I've met you today. Anyway, Nelson, this <laughs> this thing skew with the, the horses that it's beaten last time. I'll just rattle them off for you. Dragon Leap, who's got Australian form around the best in the country. Legato is an Australian Guineas winner. Call sign Mav is winner over 1,400 metres, Group 1 in Australia. Sharp and Smart, La Creek, Penny Wecker and Oaks winner were all in behind her that day and she's given them a good whacking. I think she maps well to sit just off them here and I think the fact that Opie Boston's hung around is a big tip in itself. As long as she's not caught wide, I think she can actually turn the tables on Princess Grace and I think she's a very good price at 750. Just out of curiosity, do you, is this race set weights and penalties? Uh, yes cool. I couldn't find it anywhere now just a little yep. tip for people I think we've mentioned this before but set weights and penalties races you can actually do the form really really quickly and you just go straight to number one in these races and they're often just quite simply too good for the rest of them a lot of the time I know that sounds really simple but in set weight races the weights are condensed so skew if in this race if it was a handicap would probably have 61 and a half and the next horse, number yep. two, might have 60. And then Princess Grace would probably sit at 58 and a half, something like that. Whereas when it's yeah. that condensed weight scale of the set weights and penalties, the top weight 
always, and it's the same in the Turnbull, always runs a good race. It's always a really good guide. Yep. So just cheeky little hint there. Look, I can't. I'm finding this a really difficult sort of thing to do because the form of Princess Grace screams, I should be winning this. And I know you mentioned mm. that she's had some really soft runs in transit, but I see her getting the same run here. She's got gate five. She's got McDonald. She's going to sit probably one outside the leader or one pair back. She's going to be at Flemington where I think she'll really suit. I, I comprehend she's short. I just don't know if I can find one that I'm really keen to back in, in terms of beating her, but I'm not exactly ready to launch into dollar sixty either. So it's probably a race where I'm probably going to stay out um, and respect that your your opinion of the horse of skew if as well. Like obviously rattled off some pretty quality names there of what who they've got off. But yeah, interesting race for me. Mate, I reckon I'll uh, between now and race six tomorrow, I reckon I'll you know, still you into having fifty each way on this top weight. Well, mate, I'm Oh, all ears. I'm absolutely all ears because I'm more than happy to find something to have a bet on. Um, absolutely. <laughs> seven, it's the Lexus Bart Cummings. Thank you, Nelson. Um, it's over 2,520 2, metres. Now, look, you win this and you get to go to the big fella. You get to go to the big dance. You get to go to the cup. Mm. That stops the nation. So come out and win. Well, there's a lot on the line for a lot of these horses. So first immortal top of the market obviously a massive win with seventy five thousand kilos the other day gets 54 this week so a chance to breathe three dollars 80 goldman is eight dollars all right how do you say this thing Ath athabaskin athabaskin i don't know why i couldn't do that i could have done it athabaskin nine dollars serpentine nine fifty Shair is 11s. Future history is 13s. Shiraz is there at 16 bucks with Virtuous Circle and Alaskan God. Mostly Cloudy's actually on the same line of betting as well. Interpretation $17. United Nations is 18. Ashran, 23 bucks. High Emotion, 41s. Sir Lucan, 51s. And then we got Amade and Hopeful are ridiculously large odds. Good speed engaged here, Ned. And you've got your usual Waterhouse and Bot suspects here of Goldman, Serpentine and Sir Lucan are all going to roll forward. Then you've also got Hopeful out of the Nisham camp and Future History as well, who's been settling nice and close in his races. So I think with those four or five runners, there's going to be good tempo for 2,500. And looking at the map and how these runners go into that first corner, there's not a huge amount of uh, real estate to negotiate before you hit that first corner. So you really got to try and find your spot early or risk getting caught wide on that first turn. That probably makes it very difficult for that horse that you mentioned carried 70,000 kilos a couple of weekends back. 75,000 kilos a couple of weeks back with Bowman aboard, obviously, in First Immortal. I do want to start on that horse and I'm probably having something small on. I just, firstly, obviously dropping back in weight is great. 63 back to 54. A lot to like about that. And it's a horse that's rising in grade and has definitely haven't reached its ceiling. It's got a lot of upside compared to its competitors here. But I just don't like the fact that Bowman, unfortunately, goes off, and he wouldn't ride it at this weight anyway. But then you get Stackhouse aboard, and you're on gate 20 of 20 going into that first turn, where I think more than likely the horse is going to be caught wide. And it's going to take an absolutely special effort and a special horse. And it might be that. It might just be too good. But I think it's going to take a special horse to win from there. I'm going to back up on my mate Virtuous Circle, Ned. He should be around the $16, $17 mark. I think he's ready now third up, and he definitely wasn't sent out in his first two starts to really do anything. But that second start, he was really getting warmed up late uh, over 2,000 metres. 
And I love the fact that he's now third up. This is his clear target because he does have to do something to get that ticket into the big dance, like you say. Not to be confused with the race that's going on down in Sydney at the same day. Um, but I, I think he's ready to go here third up. And the booking of Frosty, as you know, Ned bars me up. There's a sense of timing about him. He's going to concede a bit of start, as he always does. But I don't think he needs to settle last like he has been over those shorter trips. I think he can settle nice and close and be midfield. And I think Frosty will give him every opportunity to get his run from there. And I think he's actually going to be hard to beat at the price. Had this horse drawn a gate, I think I would have been more keen. But 380, gate 20, as you mentioned, that short run to the bend as well. It just looks like a messy first 800 metres for first immortal. He'll end up being cast three or four deep. But I just don't want to invest my money there. He's going to have something small. Goldman obviously gets a pretty big weight, 59 kilos. But I think gate two is the key for this horse. The two runs so far, this preparation, he was racing really wide without cover in the running. And then last prep last start, had to work really hard towards the lead. And I just think now we get gate two, sort of looks like a preparation peakish run um, leading into a potential cup campaign. $8, I'm just going to have a little play with the all-conquering Gay and Adrian as well. Yeah, and the horse is undefeated on wet-affected ground, so I can definitely see why you like it. Obviously, now we get to step over to the big ones. So speaking of set weights and penalties, which we just previously did, this is probably the biggest set weights and penalties race that we've got. Winx won this twice. I was lucky enough to go down there and witness the greatness. Matt, Matt Hill's calls of those races were just exquisite. Racing royalty mm. close to the lead. Racing's wonder of the world. What, who calls that? Um, on the biggest dance floor of them all was one of my favourites as well. It, on her 21st, 21st win, that was just marvellous stuff. She won by seven that day when she beat like Ventura Storm and all those yeah. sort of horses. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember the one uh, where she was caught up between runners and Bowman had to find that gap. And obviously she was never going to lose. It's Winks, right? But, you know, Matt Hill, just the way he called that and goes, it's getting desperate. And then she eventually found the spot and just completely savaged the line. And what a, what a, something to witness, mate, honestly, like we'll never see something like that again. No, we never will. And I think Matt summed it up really well at the end of that call. He said, oh, they just can't beat her. And like, it was, yep. it was like, if they're ever going to do it, it's caught back in the ruck with 200 to go yep. at Flemington and just a freak. Ended up doing a by length or two that day as well. But look, mm. we've got a bit of a freak in this race as well. Whether, the, to, whether this race is where we're going to see the actual nature of how good this horse is or not, I'm sure we'll get to. But look, Race eight, Tab Turnbull, 2,000-meter group one, top of the market, Romantic Warrior. This horse from Hong Kong is $2.20. Osipenko comes down from Sydney is $6.50, and on that same line is Sulcum at $6.50 as well. West Wind Blows, Jamie Spencer. This is an over, overseas horse too, $8.50. Gold Trip, there's been some specking, 27s into $12 for the Melbourne Cup winner of last year, $13 there. Right you are, 15s. Francesco Guardi is 18s. El Patroness is there at 20, 27 bucks. Uncle Bryn, gate one, coming off a winner, winning ride as well for Daniel Moore, $35 with Duke DeSessa. Goldman, obviously dual accepted with the race before in the Bart Cummings. Barclay Square, 67s. Emissari is 81s. Smoke and Romans, the winner from last year is $101. El Bodigan, Luna Flair, Bankmore, Spanish Mission are all 150s and more. Yeah, Goldman, I know you tipped him in the previous race, Ned, but 
if he gets a start in this, I know he's second emergency at this, you know, as we speak now, but it only takes a couple of scratchings. And I think they're probably going to head towards this race just purely off. He's probably already in the Melbourne Cup and he's probably got another two starts before he heads there. So why not have a crack at a group one beforehand? So I wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple of scratchings to see him line up here. And that would see him leading up this field because if he's not in this field, there's no natural leaders. El Patroness can go forward, Spanish Mission. I think right you are and Smoke and Romans are the other two, but they're not natural leaders that want to go forward and control a race. So if Goldman doesn't end up getting a start, it makes it very interesting. I will touch on that horse that you obviously uh, started to build up on, and that was this rom romantic warrior that J-Max booked for from Hong Kong. Obviously a horse that's got world-class talent and ability, and the market's found him nice and hard first up, hasn't it? He's three from three first up. He's really only been beaten by some of the best horses in the world, including Golden 60, you know, out of his two, out of his last three defeats. And you look at his overall record, it's unbelievable. So he comes in with the right credentials. The only knocks I've got, if there are any, are a wet deck, I'm just not 100% sure. And yes, granted, we're probably headed towards a soft five and we should be okay from that perspective. So probably that box he can tick. And I just don't know about the speed in this race, whether he's going to be caught out the back or he might be able to settle midfield. It's going to be a big question mark from there. Uh, but obviously a horse with world-class talent. And I think it's very hard to see him not feature in the finish. Um, a couple of wider odds, Ned. I know he's drawn 18 of 18, but Gold Trip was very, very good first up. And I think you have to have something on off the back of that. $13 or, or longer looks pretty attractive for him at the moment. And I'm happy to back up. And the other one that posted a massive figure and it may not show through in the odds is Uncle Brin. I know he's in, he hasn't been a model of consistency and it's hard to back him on trust, but he's now drawn one again. And I know he loses John Allen, but his last start performance was huge where he destroyed some really nice horses, including Barkley Square, who was unlucky in the same run. But he's still getting 40 to one now for Uncle Brin and he's posted a massive figure times-wise last time. So I'm going to back up each way on him at the $40 quote. I'm going to start with the horses that I think are dangerous to the favourite and then go to the favourite from there. I think Ossipenko is a clear second danger for me. Um, obviously, forming behind, you know, Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, being a length or two behind those horses that wait for age conditions. And then you come here and you get 56 kilos. I think it shapes up as a sort of a peak run for this horse. Fourth up, Walla. Ollie, it seems to be a sort of a race that they've targeted a little bit. And I think they'll probably go towards a Cox Plate after this as well. Wouldn't be surprised to see it go well. Sulcum is the other one that's probably a, I think now under the odds at $6.50. I think earlier in the week when it was around that $10 mark, I sort of, I thought, yeah, I'll definitely have something on here. But look, I could probably can't entertain $6.50, but can see why it has some admirers. Gold Trip, as you mentioned, obviously really good in behind the ruck last start as well. And I've just had something small on Barkley Square. He was $81. Mm. I couldn't, couldn't not have something on. I thought that was a ridiculous price. Let's talk about this favourite, though. All right. So Golden 60, as you mentioned, who's probably the best 1,600 to 2,000 metre horse in Hong Kong, probably top two or three in the world. Romantic yeah. Warrior had been beaten by this horse twice. And last start, Romantic Warrior went down to a horse named Russian Emperor, who is a known wet tracker over in Hong Kong, never wins on dry decks. And they struck a really wet track. And he went down to Russian Emperor by 0.3. You look at that and you go, oh, I just don't know where to place him. I think we're going to get a soft five, maybe at worst soft six. This was far worse this day. And he still put in a reasonable effort. When you yeah. go back to earlier runs... 
Do you remember a horse named Dubai Honor? Oh, he destroyed him in the QE2. Destroyed him. Just destroyed a horse named Animo over here, mind you, Dubai Honor. Mwanga ran second in that race as well. Obviously, Animo was on his way out at that point, and Dubai Honor was peak of his powers. Romantic Warrior beat this horse by a couple of lengths not long ago over this same sort of distance. So if you're looking for something to line up in terms of your Australian form, that's it. And for me, there is no Dubai Honor in this race, and let alone a horse that's put three or four lengths on Dubai Honor. I think $2.20, if you can get $2.40, $2.50, I've seen today somewhere. I think this is one of the better bets for the year, Jacko. I really do. Wow, big call. Very, very big call. And I'm with you, mate. Obviously, J-Mac booked immediately, which is the tip in itself. But he's my main tip in this in this race. I don't know if I'm as bullish as you are, but I definitely see why people are. But I think there's one in Sydney that probably fits that bill that you just touched on. It's an exciting race. It always is. It's always a really big build-up race into those Caulfield Cups, the Cox Plates and whatnot as well. And I'm looking forward to it. Last race that we're going to cover, it's the Gilgai Stakes. I feel like there's 14 different Gilgai Stakes a year, but it just feel, maybe it's because they just come around so frequently. Star Patrol, top of the market, $2.60, coming off that really nice first up win down the straight. Ses Magique is there, $4.60 and been some early specking. Jigsaw's first up, $6. Triple Missile's there for Lindsay Smith and Carr, $7. Showmanship, first up after a year off, $17. Zutori's there at the same price. Outlaw's Revenge, 23s. Cause for Concern, 26 with Ashford Street. On the lead is there at $34. And then we got Snapper, Rocket Tiger, Fender, and Shelby 66 are all around that $100 mark. Jigsaw and Snapper are both going to go forward, obviously horses with a lot of speed. And I think they're the first two and will control. Rocket Tiger and Fender are probably the other two. And I think Ashford uh, Street can set a little bit closer. Star Patrol to be not too far away. I did show my hand earlier, Ned, in this race. I obviously tipped Star Patrol to win this race already and, and get in that slot. So I'm sort of putting the, the uh, car before the horse a little bit. But I just think he wins this race. I know you're looking at a much shorter quote than what we saw first up. But the two horses that uh, trifected that race last time out were King of Sparta, who I've got a massive opinion of, especially on a dry deck, and also Benedetta, who's just a mare that's absolutely flying at the moment. And I think Benedetta would start rock hard favourite in this race off the back of that performance. So I think the more this track dries out is going to suit Star Patrol. Melham sticks, and I think a big advantage for him is drawing away from the fence. This is race nine of 10 on a day where the rail's been out nine metres. So... I think they're going to be getting well away from the fence at this stage of the day. And he's going to find a bum to follow and hopefully take him into the race at the right time. And I think he's going to be too good for them. Obviously, Jigsaw is the one he's going to have to run down, being first up and a horse with a lot of pace over the first two to 300 metres. But I think Star Patrol's got that tactical advantage of being three, four lengths further further back, just preserving energy. And I think he's probably the best on the card, um, barring the one that we just touched on, Romantic Warrior, down in Flemington. I'm jumping off. I'm jumping off Star Patrol, not for any reason but the price. You're shaking your head. Um, look, obviously fantastic last start. We got the $5. We got the chockies there. I'm worried that, that that win looked a lot better than it actually was. I think Benedetta and King of Sparta are both better horses than that horse. I think on the day, just the way the race shaped, I think Star Patrol just sort of fell in. Jigsaw is the one for me. I don't like that it's $4.50 out to $6 early doors, but I do think the race sets up really well for this horse. 
last preparation, got its four wins on the board, hadn't really put it all together. It was racing in good company before that, but then last preparation really started to hit its straps. This horse is just one way and one way only. Let's go forward and see if you can catch me. He's had three trials leading into this, which I think is just showing real intent, especially coming 1,200 metres first up. Flemington's the probably the little question mark. He hasn't really done... He hasn't brought that form to Flemington before. He's had one go there for a failure. So Flemington's the question mark. I think $6 versus two sixty is too far of a discrepancy for me. I've got to be on jigsaw in this race. Yeah, obviously a first-up specialist. And you see the intent there with three jump outs leading into this. So for sure, respect him in the market. Race five. Oh, sorry. That is just so poor from me. Well, you know, you, you haven't got it wrong, mate. It's still race five. You haven't it got is, it wrong. It is race five, but I just, I haven't even, I haven't flipped. I haven't moved. I haven't told the punters what's happening. Like we could be in Belmont. Um, look, it's going to yeah. be a really good Turnbull Stakes down in Melbourne. And hopefully you can find a few tips from there. There's a bit of value lying around as well. Um, look, we do have another meeting that we want to cover and we are going to start in race five, as you could have probably gathered from my comments before. <laughs> Rose Hill races five to nine. Jackson for two for two tonight. Rail. Yeah. Love it, mate. Rail's true. You'll be glad to hear, unlike Flemington on Saturday. Stop five, they're posted at the moment, but dry weather predicted for tomorrow. So considering Rose Hill didn't race last week, you'd expect potentially an upgrade uh, after the first couple of races once they assess some track time. So looking forward to a good day's racing. So race five, it's the Roman console. It's over 1,200 metres. And we got Osmosis for Bjorn Baker, who is now three from three, $2.45. Celestial Legends there at 5.50. King's Gambit is also on that same line. Barber, $7, $8.50 for Royal Tribute. Balkans is 14s. Namit. Namesake is $21 and Mexico is 51s. Yeah, so Royal Tribute goes forward with Balkans and Osmosis. Ned, good speed for a small field engaged. Mexico and King's Gambit also to be not too far away. Obviously, just touching on the favourite Osmosis, it's a horse that is being specced around in some Everest markets, which is interesting. And Rachel King and Bjorn Baker is a, a pretty deadly partnership, so... Um, respect that it's the favourite and it did beat most of this field coming into this race. So definite deserved favourite. The horse that it did beat and ran second to it last time was Celestial Legend. I didn't think it had a whole lot of luck in that start. And if you go back and watch the replay, it was going to take that run where the horse in front of it, namesake, uh, checked in, in, came outside it and it had to stop its run and then level up and go again. Once the horse did straighten up and go through the line, it was doing some very nice work and the closing sectionals were very good. I'm going to back up here, and I think the $5.50, $6 mark potentially tomorrow is really attractive. Stepping up to the 1,200 metres is the big advantage, I think, whereas Osmosis is probably a 1,100 metre horse uh, at its absolute peak. That's how I'm pegging it. I'm with Celestial Legend, and I can't leave out King's Gambit as well, who was very keen first up, but was tight in the market first up at Flemington and was beaten by a couple of smart ones that we covered earlier. So I think he can bounce back with a bum to follow now and doesn't need to lead them up and hopefully settles a little bit better in transit. I'm with King's Gambit. I think $4.80 is a good price and like to see some early specking. Look, first up down the straight, 
I just don't like young horses down the straight as much when they've sort of their first preparations are around a bend. I think back to a bend now, the horse will probably race pretty forward in the run. I would have thought maybe midfield, a little bit off the pace. Um, I'm going to have a spec here. And there's pretty, there was pretty big hype about this horse as a two-year-old as well. Never quite got the big win that I think everyone was expecting it to have. I think it got rolled at $1.30 one day as well. Tommy Berry aboard, who welcome back to riding last weekend as well. I'm going to have a play here at $4.80 on King's Gambit. Yeah, right. definitely. And just touching on his two-year-old campaign, I was interested to see that it didn't go on to those champagnes and sires routes because it's obviously a horse that looks like it can get 1,400 metres plus. So we'll see how it goes. Race six at Rose Hill. It is the Toyota Forklifts Tap Crag. It's over 1,400 metres and we've got top of the market. We've got a horse coming out of the Golden Rose and that's NCAP $1.85 at the moment. The little pumper, a little shout out to my friend, Luki Skrivinik, who owns this thing, $6.50. Macarena is $7.50. Jew Case is $8. Snapback is $10s. Christ Sayor is $14. Raises 27s. He-Man, $41. Peer Pressure is 61s. And Monte Maximus is 100s. The little pumper will go forward and lead this up there. Who'd you say your mate that, that owns it? Who Luke, was it? Luke Skrivanik. Okay, best of luck, Luke, from the second again, boys. All the best. It's obviously an absolute thrill to have horses in races like this, and that's not lost on me, mate. So all the best. Macarena and Snapback to go forward as well, probably the other two, but I think a little pupper can lead and control this. Peer pressure's drawn wide out, can show a little bit of speed, and end cap staying at 1,400 metres for the third time straight. I think he can settle midfield and gets the tactical advantage on most of these. And touching on um, being the best bet of the season, of the spring, of the year, of the calendar year, of the racing year. I think this is it. I, I'm looking at this race, Ned, and I'm just thinking free money. Like, are we looking at free money? Why am I looking at black odds on certain uh, markets? I know it's $1.90, $1.95 elsewhere, but with the booster, you're at $2.10 and you, you're basically printing money. That's the way I'm seeing this. And Ned, I, I have been bullish in the past and been burnt, but... I just don't see it happening here. Like the horse is going to settle midfield. He's staying at the 1400 meters where he was beaten ahead by Cylinder, who's straight into the Everest off the back of that. And the other horse that beat him was Militarized, a three-time group one winner. Golden Rose from that dropping back, well back in grade and doesn't get poorly treated at the weights. I just think he wins. And I think it's pretty simple. Preble's on. The only knock I can find is that he's been up this prep for a, a pretty long time. I think this is his sixth start for the prep. That's the only thing, but he just has to, has to hold half of his form that he's gone through this prep. And you look back to that previous start where he destroyed them over 1,400 in the Ming Dynasty. I just think he's going to be too good for them here. I think he's the absolute best on a weekend where there are a few good bets. Is this as well set weights and penalties, Jackson? Uh, yes, it is. Well, there you go. Have a look. 57 kilos and you're giving the little pump at 55. All due respect to the horses below, but... Yeah, you'd think that Golden Rose form, probably 0.2 of a length behind Militarise and these types, could have arguably won that race. I'm surprised we're actually getting a $1.90 for gate six for Preble. So I'm going to be having a play for sure. I think it's one of those ones that you could maybe multi with Romantic Warrior to make it a little bit exciting for yourself if you want to boost some price there. I think that might be a little multi for the weekend. Why not? Why not? It, it'll, be, it'll be exciting enough for me, Ned. Don't worry. <laughs> I wouldn't want to know what's going on in that account. Um, 
race seven it's the it's a reasonably new race it's 1900 meters it's the hill stakes it's worth two million bucks now it's not a group one race either montefilia is three dollars sixty top of the market who yamal is five bucks protagonist is there at 750 zarek 850 hinge wow she goes around again after being scratched a couple of times she's 11s fireburn $13. Young Verda is 14s. Numerian 17s with Hosier and he's a shocker. Skylab is $21. Luncy's 23s. No compromise. Magical Lagoon and Mount Popper are 50s and more. Hosier to go forward in control. Numerian and Hinge to probably the other two or three. And I think Magical Lagoon at big odds for Waller can go forward as well. But similar to some of the previous races we've covered, there's not another, a lot of natural leaders. So I think we can expect a pretty sedate tempo over 1900. It'll just depend on who's got the intent there. But obviously racing for two million bucks, as you said, you're just going to get after it, aren't you? Um, I'm going at a little bit wider odds, Ned. I think it's that sort of field where you can pot a few holes in the, the harder ones in the market, including Montefilia. I just don't know where she's at at the moment. I don't know whether she wants a wet deck. I don't know whether she wants a dry. I don't know if she needs further than this. I just don't know where she's at and where she's placed. So I'm happy to let her go around, especially at the price we're looking at. I'm going to back a couple at double digits. So firstly will be Zarek. I think he's done nothing wrong in his first two starts this prep over some unfavorable trips. He worked home really well on the tramway first up over 1400. And then he backed it up with another really solid run in that seven stakes that think it over one. Um, that's obviously really good form coming into this. And now he steps up to the 1900 third up. And as you mentioned, Tommy Berry's backed. He, he book, he's uh, booked on this horse. And I think he can give it a good steer from that gate. I think he settles midfield and he should be a good chance. And the other one, I never jump off my mates that haven't let me down, Ned. Young Werther, I'm backing up. He's shooting for three on the trot. I know he's drawn out and it makes it very difficult from there. And we'll have to see where he gets to on the weekend. But he's a horse that went through a massive run of outs and now he's gone bang, bang. So his confidence is up. And I think he's always been up to this sort of quality. And it's a race that I think is well within his grasp. Also, the fact that uh, Egan's come over to take the ride, who's a Melbourne-based jockey, and he's only come over for a couple of rides for Danny O'Brien. So that's a really good tip in itself. If he can negotiate that barrier, I think $17 is very big value. I'm going to be having something on your mate as well. I think this is the time to start backing him, and they're giving you $15 again. I reckon this is probably a rising class. There's no doubt there. But when you have a look at some of the horses that were in behind him the other day at Mooney Valley as well, there's some quality there too. So 15 bucks to find out. I'm definitely going to have a play on Young Verta. Here's an interesting one for you. New Marion. I know first up, I know you'd probably rather see this horse have a few runs into the preparation, but this horse has performed very well over 2,000 metres before. Like you have a look at that run behind Wetor, um, in a, I think a Doomben Cup type race, um, beating Zaki home. Like, is this horse over the odds in this race? I'm, I'm a bit confused. Yeah, definitely. And you look back to actually track and trip form as well, where he's got that second behind Cascadian in the Australian Cup uh, earlier in the autumn. So I can see why you like him. Um, and obviously out of that right camp, as we say, that's just absolutely airborne at the moment. And last question for you, which sorry to keep putting you on the spotty, but Montefilia, when did the stable change occur? She's definitely been with Walla for at least a couple of starts. I oh, want to say it was, the, it was, yeah, I, I want to say it was the beginning of this prep when you long bought into her. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you yep. what, this is the first time Nash has rode her, I reckon. So that's a very mm. big booking. I couldn't take 360, though. <laughs> I could definitely not take 360. So he's got to come out. Yeah. And... I, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. She's got to do something. And like you say, Nash might be the answer. Um, but just going back to what our formula is and what we're stuck to, if you look at Young Werther and the form that he's bringing, yes, it's a step up in grade, but Borna King, who was a horse that ran third to it last time, came out on the weekend and smashed them in the in the Mornington Cup. So it's come out and franked the form, albeit in weaker grade, but I think the, the value's there. Race eight's the Alan Brown Stakes. It's worth one and a half million. They've actually assembled a reasonable field here. When it, this might be a bit brutal, but this is more of a Doncaster Epsom type field to me than the actual Epsom slash Doncaster. <laughs> is that fair? Yeah, I think for these Epsom and Doncasters, I think what you find is a lot of the classier horses just know they're getting 60 kilos and they just dodge it. They just don't take them there. It could be an end of prep run for a lot of them. So they just leave it alone. 1400, we got Waterford top of the market, $4.80. Cepheus is there at six. Sedonator Jack is six as well. Alentia, $10. Roots, 11s with Argentia and Cotail. Palmetto is 15 bucks. Lions Roar is 23. Spangler, $27. Bandersnatch is there at 34s. $41 for Attractable, Banju and Cuban Royale. Wild Planet from gate 22. He'll be cutting across 51s with Flying Crazy. Skyman, $71. Looks like Elvis is 91s. And then we've got 100s and 150s for Cisco Bay and Stockman. Banju, Bandersnatch and Attractable are probably the first two or three running. I think it has to be a good tempo over 1,400. And a lot of the speed influences have drawn wider out in the field. So I think it's the tempo is going to be on and you're really going to have to run out a strong 14. Cepheus with Nash booked from gate two can basically just repeat the dose and get that same run that he got last time. I don't think he needs to be too far away. Palmetto and Cotili, who's a dual acceptor for Melbourne, depending on if it comes here, it could be a chance. Um, they're also not going to be too far away. And Wild Planet settled on top of the speed. You mentioned he's probably going to try and get that card across and um, they might use up a bit of petrol in doing so. I touched on Cepheus, Ned. He obviously beat a couple of the harder ones in the market already in this field last time out. It did get the gun run, but I just think it repeats the dose here and gets that exact same run with Nash booked. I know it's been up for a while, but I think Matt Dunn is, is a, a small known trainer, but he's a trainer that's known to keep horses up for a little while. And I love the fact that Nash is stuck despite some really good types turning up to this field. He just gets the gun run to sit three or four back, maybe even closer if he leaves well enough. And we'll just peel off at the right time and we'll just have the technical advantage on those ones with the better turn of foot. I can see he doesn't have that sharp three, 400 meter burst like, you know, for example, Olentio or Waterford will have, but he's going to be five, six lengths in front of them turning. So I think he's got that advantage there. And the one that's over the odds, Ned, is Cuban Royale. I think it's about the 40 to 50 to one. It's run second to Redina last time out, who's franked it and gone on to win an Epsom the next start. But you're still getting massive odds for this horse, and I can't quite work it out. And Olenti has come out of that same race. It was charging home um, in that same race. So I'm just a little bit confused by the price. I love the fact it's a small known trainer. It's Brock Ryan booked and it's just going to slip under the guard, plain and simple. The punters won't be looking at it. It absolutely charged home once it got out and got clear running towards the last 150 in that Regina race. And the closing sectionals were elite. I know it's a nine-year-old and I know it's probably past its best and may not be able to put two together. But at that price, I just need to have something on, which obviously CP is going to be the main bet. But I'm going to be having a very big collective. Cuban Royale can get home and get the splits. I'm going to have something on Alentia now. We get a backable price finally, $10. I think they just, they've spent the last couple of starts, obviously moving up in grade, trying to figure out whereabouts she actually has to sit in the run. 
I think they'll they'll take the medicine from the last few starts and actually drive her a little bit further forward. I think she's just been getting too far back in her last few starts. And there also hasn't been a whole ton of speed as well. I think now 52 kilos, hopefully settle a little bit more midfield-ish. Jay Ford to steer. I think this is an opportunity to run a good race. Going to have a play at $10. Roots is the other one. First up, 1,400 metres. That appears to be sort of where you think she'd be coming off two trials as well. Tommy Berry aboard. The horse has a really, really good first up record. She's four starts for three wins first up. And if there does happen to be a little bit of sting out of the ground, that also suits her um, right down to the ground. Who was the last one that I was going to touch on? Oh, the one you touched on as well. I, I think for some reason, Cepheus just seems to be the, the obvious one to me. You got Nash aboard. You have a look at the field. It's done it consistently over its last three or four starts. And I think if there's a horse that suits coming back to 1400, it's Cepheus. Like Waterford probably looking for 1500 plus. Detonator Jack is sort of around the same sort of, like it probably looking for 1600 as well. Cepheus might be just the obvious one in the end. I think, I think he is. And definitely with Nash being booked, I just think he's the one that gets the map. He ticks a lot of boxes in a very difficult race. You're just looking for something that's a safe bet. Race nine, we're just going to go over really, really quickly. I just want to give mention to Magic Time. I think it's a really, really good bet in this race. It's got form behind Asfura and Midwest. Um, it was two lengths behind them in that race and gets Nash Rewilla 56 kilos. I think he'll probably take care of this field, Magic Time. Sorry, she'll take care of this field, Magic Time. 320, I'm going to be having a play. Didn't want to go through the whole race, but just wanted to make mention of. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. And I'll just touch on the the favourite uh, in that field. Paracel had every chance to beat Benedetta last time out, given an absolutely perfect steer by car and couldn't get the job done. Coming back to Sydney and drawing white out, there's a lot to, to sort of potholes in that. I think magic time is definite value. And Nash, like we said before the potty, Nat, when, when do we see Nash booked on grain bag horses? You just don't see it. So... I think $4, we're going to absolutely hammer him or her, I should say. And Nash, obviously, because you're back Nash and you get the cash, mate. And we love cash and we love Nash and it's all love here. Um, <laughs> now, let's have a chat. Let's have a little chat. How's, how, how's things over in the Western States at the moment? How are things? Things are very interesting, Ned, and I'll tell you why. Because... <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the form guide yet, but we're not at Belmont. We're not at Ascot. Oh, no. We're not at Pinjarra. We're not at Northam. Oh, we're not even at like, Northam. None of the, the main four tracks, mate. What about the big K? We're at Kalgoorlie. Yes. We're back at the big the big special K, the Boulder, Kalgoorlie, Kellogg's. We're back, mate. Let's rip out wide. We love Kalgoorlie and we love tips at Kalgoorlie and I tell you what the best western needs a little bit of a shake up do we what were we a lay a lay on the weekend was that who we backed yeah still running hasn't hit the post yet now um so we we definitely we definitely need to hit back but overall we're still above the 50 percent mark so if there's a punter out there that's backed every best western and hasn't made cash uh I'd like to hear from you (laughs) mate steer us into one can you find us one for the weekend at the big special k I can. Let's go straight to the feature, Ned. Race eight It's the listed race, the Kalgoorlie Cup, over 2,300 metres. I am backing Villains. It's number three. Nice and short, even money. Boost it out to 220, 230 if you can. 
Parnham booked, took care of most of this field last time out, and it was given a really good steer from Pike that time. Now stepping up to the 2300, it meets basically the exact same field. It's almost an identical field, and he well held them nicely last time out and was eased down over the last 50. So I think considering where the horse is mapped again, Parnham can just sit midfield, doesn't have to save any energy or conserve any energy, um, and we'll just peel off at the right time. I think it'll be too good for them again. I think it's the winner, mate. We'll just get some chocolates late in the day and build on what was already a massive day. Unbelievable, mate. And where's Pikey? I think he could have a suspension, mate. I think yeah. he could have a suspension because there's a lot of horses that he would normally be booked on. Parnham's taken the ride. So I think there's a tip there. Just follow Parnham, but definitely don't miss this thing. That's number three villains in race eight. It's amazing how he came over here for his six, seven months and just went back and he, it's almost like he would never cross the border again. Um, look, we've tipped everywhere. I feel like we've been going for some time now, but geez, it's been enjoyable, mate. And Look, big weekend on the weekend. We've got a really big race in Melbourne in the Turnbull, and it'll probably give us a couple of answers leading into the bigger features of the spring. Um, and there's also some really nice opportunities to make some cash on the weekend. So if you're having a punt, gamble very responsibly, Jacko. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Looking forward to it, mate. Cheers. Cheers, Jacko. Bye.